0: Welcome to the home team podcast Steve Carter here and uh, Sam Ocho is with me as well as uh, our dear friend. Uh, his name is Coach Boomer Roberts. He's the head basketball coach of Purdue Northwest, the pride of Indiana basketball. He's a D2 coach. Um, we've known each other for many, many years. The three of us are like a, a little bit of a, a, a COVID small group to be honest. Uh, but we thought As a coach, um, as a former college basketball player, and as a good friend, we might have him on the home team just to kind of chop it up uh, about Big Ten, Pac-10 football, about how he as a coach is like just trying to kind of instill in his players and students uh, the right mindset. And then he's also a father, uh, husband, father of three beautiful kids. So um, Boomer, thanks for joining us today on the home team podcast.
1: Glad to be here. And for those of you who are listening, Steve's the oldest brother here. He's got the most wisdom. He's the, you know, the best-selling author. He leads people really well for a living. And he was a very good college athlete in his own right as a Hooper. And then you got the youngest brother, Ocho, who got all the athleticism, all the strength, all the good looks, all the charisma. And then you got Boom in the middle. And we don't really know what I have to add, but I'm part of the family, so it's like we gotta throw him a bone.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's here's the thing: is you mentioned that I'm the best-selling author of the group. That's like for like two more weeks
1: until <laughs> Sam's book
0: let the world see you actually goes like when it gets released in October. Like the first week, he's gonna have more sales than I do. Um, but I will
2: Sam Macho Sam dot baby. I need y'all to go there. <laughs> Pre-order my book, samhatchell It's a good no, book. It's a good no, book. but it's but no, it's obviously really exciting. Boom, to be on with you. I think the reason why is that we're all going through this idea of man, what does COVID look like, and and back to sports look like for players, and obviously the Big Ten football got canceled, Pac twelve got canceled, a lot of some D two, all of the fall sports are getting canceled or delayed. What does that look like for you as a coach coaching um, young men, young athletes? in the midst of COVID and in the midst of the unknown? uh, How do you handle that?
1: It's a great question. It's tricky, just like, you know, small business owners or, you know, leaders who are are, are trying to lead their employees or their families with so much unknown. I think what it does, Sam, is it it reveals, right? People say sports build character, but a better way to say sports reveal character. And I think within coaching, coaching is leadership, right? And it's teaching. And, I really believe it's going to reveal which coaches are out for the right reason and which ones are in this thing, um, you know, just to build resumes or win games or championships or whatever. And, and so for us, what we're focusing on is just diving into life even more because we talk all the time about control what you can control. And right now, you know, no one's asking Purdue Northwest men's basketball for their opinion on this whole COVID and the NCAA and the Pac 12 and the Big 10. Um, even though we're in similar situations. But the thing that we're asking each other is, hey, how, how can I rock with you, right? How can we dive into life together and, and and build faithful husbands and loving fathers and and be dudes that live invitational lives um, like Steve Book and and have the joy that Sam Macho has everywhere he goes. And so we're focusing on that um, because when, when basketball gets stripped away, uh, for a lot of guys, it's their identity. Um, and as a coach, shoot, like, I love competing. We love winning. We feel like we're about to, you know, announce Purdue Northwest to the national map. This will be the best team we've had maybe in school history. So we want to be on the floor competing, but, but uh, for whatever reason, it's been taken away. So um, what we focus on is relationships and, and just doing life together because um, the ball stops bouncing. As you know, in 20 years, no one cares that Steve Carter had 40 in a college basketball game or that Sam Macho has the, fastest three cone drill, you know, of any linebacker in NFL history. They they care what kind of dad you are, what kind of husband you are, what kind of impact you're having on your community. And so we focus on that anyways, but but even more so right now, it's revealed that this is really what we're about. Boomer, I've always appreciated that because whenever you've talked
0: about why you coach, obviously you love Ws, you love getting a win, you love, you know, raising a banner and you know the the arena that you play in. But the first thing that you will always say, and you just kind of alluded to it is you want to build faith-filled men. You want to build men of character. You want to build incredible husbands and fathers. Um, And I think Sam asked a really great question, like in the sense of in this time when there isn't really, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty about whether you guys are going to play, you know, Grand Valley state, you know, uh, who's a perennial like powerhouse in your conference. Uh, But like, how are you doing that? What does it look like when you don't really have the basketball and you don't have the season to be looking towards because uh, there's so much uncertainty? How have you had to shift your mindset to say, hey, this is what we're going to do to really shape these, these young student-athletes to be men of character?
1: I think guys, especially 18- to 25-year-old guys who we deal with, that, that old saying is true. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And a lot of college athletes view themselves as I'm really good at this sport. And so my coach values me because I can kick a 50 yard field goal, or I can throw a 98 mile an hour fastball, or I can stick a three from 25 feet. Um, and so when that's gone and they see, man, like he's, he's treating me the same way. We're diving into life together. We're, we're, We're going to barbecues and and, and taking walks around campus. And he's asking me like serious depth questions. And, um, you know, he's inviting me around his marriage and and how he raises kids. It's not perfect. We're a bunch of imperfect people living broken lives together. But it's just magnified to an extent that, hey, this coaching staff cares a ton about me as a person. Um, and, And again, going back to invitational life, like that's what my wife and I that's what we crave is we just want to be inviting and like, this is what you're about. Cool. Teach me more. And it comes back to listening and diving in and getting in the mud and getting to their level. Right. Sam, how many ever, how many times as a professional athlete have you been told by a coach or a leader, Hey, you got to get to my level. Right. And instead of having that mindset, how about we get to their level as college student athletes And then we just raise the bar with them. And, and so that's, you know, daily text messages and FaceTime, that's small groups and leadership training. That's, you know, we've had guys with who have lost loved ones just in this last week that have been, it's just so tragic and so difficult, but you know, a a four hour drive to give a guy a hug and tell him that you rock with him and you're here, whatever he needs goes a long way. And so as much as we want to hoop, as much as we want
2: to be on the floor, this is the stuff that lasts, and we want to be after the stuff that lasts. Steve alluded to it, but I'm going to even ask a more pointed question. You, you always talk about your motto is faithful fathers, building faithful fathers and loving husbands, and also winning championships, right? You always talk about winning, so you never leave that part out. How can you be a faithful father or husband? Uh, how can you be loving to your kids, even in the midst of not only a crazy coaching schedule or just crazy work schedule, but also figuring out COVID. How do you do that well being in this new season of life?
1: Well, I'm not sure I do it well all the time. You know, there's things that if, if you ask the people closest to me, you know, we all struggle with, but I think it all comes down to habits, right? The three of us were talking the other day about stretching before you play and, and, and what do those habits look like that you get in your routine. Um, and for us, it's habits, you know, it's as, as a father of three, um, I tend to be a selfish guy. I was very selfish, especially before I got married and had kids. And now it's, what do they need from from dad every single day before I go to the office? Um, what does my wife need to feel good about the rest of the day? Um, you know, raising our kids at home while I'm I'm working and diving into the lives of seventeen college dudes who are basically like kids to us. You know, um, it's just developing those habits. And then the other thing, Sam, that we do a ton is we get our family around the guys. So our kids are in the gym. Our kids are, um, you know, on the bus when they're allowed. Uh, my wife is, is team mom. And, and for them to see so many of our guys specifically, and just the trajectory of our coaching career that I've been a college coach now for 12 years, this will be my 13th year, a lot of our guys come from single parent homes or no parent homes. And so they've never seen a marriage that like, jokes and laughs and has joy even through the struggle and communicates and works well together and and puts our kids on the forefront not just like yeah i'm going to bring my kids here they are but like yeah they're going to jump into stretching and warm ups and like we might pause a really intense drill because my son did something really stupid and it's just it's worth pausing to acknowledge the moment of like dude th- these little guys look up to my team like they're their own brothers and so it's time, it's being present, um, it's building habits. And uh, I don't know if we do it great all the time, but I'll tell you what our efforts there and, and we really uh, take that, that role seriously.
0: You know, I think for, for your, you know, our listeners who probably are so familiar with D1, the difference between D1 and D2, obviously, you know, money towards a program, but there's also some actual perks of being a D2 coach in the, the amount of time, that you actually can spend with your players. A lot of times the head coaches in D1 programs can't, maybe might want to live as intentional as you and Brittany, your wife choose to be, but just because of the kind of, you know, D1 policies they're unable to, but that's been one thing, Boomer, that I feel like has been so amazing. You guys have become so intentional to say, Hey, we can take our our guys to church if they want to go. We can take them out to lunch. Like we can, we can bring them over to the house. Like there's talk about that kind of mindset, because it really feels like you've created this environment where you've said, Hey, we're opening up our lives and we're going to, you know, let you in and see this family of five called the Roberts.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the Roberts family zoo. That's what, (laughs) um, and obviously, it's within the parameters of the NCAA with occasional meals and 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 things that are that are faith based have to be voluntary, no question. Um, but I think when you look, um, at least for us, as as a, we just celebrated ten years of marriage, um, and we look back at how we led when we were younger and maybe in college and right out of college, it was it was more about don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and it was it was rules. And and the more I read Scripture, the more we watched what Jesus was doing is he just invited, right? And and he just said, Hey, this is what we're about. Come and be a part of it. No matter what, bring whatever you have with you, your baggage, your stuff, your history, your past. And so we've really shifted our focus. And obviously Purdue Northwest is not a faith based institution. We still live our lives with tons of joy and, and tons of love and, and tons of intentionality, like you said, um, to invite those guys into our home and into our marriage and into our church and into our small groups, um, and around, you know, Sam Ocho's and Steve Carter's of the world that have way more wisdom than I do. And our guys look up to you guys. Um, but at the same time, like there's probably too much credit to us. Like we've got great dudes who are just hungry. These young men are, they want to be faithful husbands. They want to be faithful fathers, but for some of them, they've just never seen it modeled. And so again, we don't do it perfect, but like There's just nothing more fun than diving into the life of an 18 to 25 year old on a daily basis and asking hard questions and then shutting up and listening, um, which I feel like I need to do in this podcast.
0: Hey, Acho, like imagine Caleb, just like he's 17. He's just dominated his senior year at St. Mark's High, your alma mater, or Emerson in five years. And now all of a sudden you get a a visit from Boomer Roberts, who's trying to recruit (laughs) Boomer, you walk into a living room. What's your pitch about Purdue Northwest? What are you saying to the parents and the grandparents? What are you saying to the player? Like, what's a D2 coach's pitch to come and play and be a part of the Pride family?
1: Gosh, you're going to make me give away all our secrets. Um, well, we're building it. When I inherited it, it was a mess. Everywhere I've been, God just has a sense of humor because he takes us away from our comfort zone. And then we've been fortunate enough to build some really cool things. And then he taps us on the shoulder and he goes, "Hey, I got another place with some more dudes that need what you guys bring." But our thing again is 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 looking down the road. We we've been fortunate. When I was an assistant coach, we won the NAI Division One National Championship at Vanguard. My first stop as a head coach at Trinity, we had the greatest turnaround in America, regardless of level, from five wins to thirty in three years. We were top ten in the country back to back years. Went to the Elite Eight. So. So there's a history of success because people want to win. And the guys we go after, the fifth place team in our league this year beat a Division One on the road by double digits. And they were up 18 with four minutes to go, three minutes to go. So, like, it's a, it's a grown man's league. And they finished fifth in our league. So we got to get really good players. Um, but for us, it comes down to, as a parent or even as a kid, when the ball stops bouncing, what are you going to value? You're going to value – who you are as a man, you're going to value the relationships in your life and you're going to value your education. And you can't be to Purdue Northwest degree. Um, it's one of the best public school degrees in the Midwest. We think we do family as well as anybody in the country in terms of our intentionality and who we recruit to surround each other with um, and the way we pour in. And then we just we have a lot of fun competing. I think the fun aspect in college basketball is does not get talked about in, in any sport. Like once you get to the highest level, you know, Sam's talked about that before it's about production and and winning and you're, you got to get your next salary and you got to do what's done and, or needs to be done. And at the college level, it's just diving in together every single day, seeing how good you can get. Um, and then the last thing I would say, if you're a competitor, you want to leave your mark on a program. People say, leave it better than you found it. Like, We're taking a team that people say we can't do this. And I'm just like, okay, you know, I know the kind of God I serve. I know the kind of faithfulness he's had. I know the kind of cats we're getting in our program. Like, I know where we're headed. You want to be a part of this? Great. If not, that's okay, too. But for the most part, if you're a competitor, you love hoops, you love competing, and you want a coaching staff and a bunch of guys that are going to walk with you through everyday life for the next 40 years. I've done... Pastor Boom and, and three of our former players weddings, you know, like that stuff is real and authentic and nowhere will I claim to be the best coach. I'm the 12th best coach in our league and, of,
2: and there's only 12 of us, but, um, our family's pretty sweet. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of fun. See what question I have for you. Boom is this idea of family and our podcast. A lot of people who listen, it's a it's an intersection of faith, sports, culture, and family. And the question is this, so many people value their nuclear family my wife my kids that's all that matters and some people aren't married those people maybe they had a divorce right i get that but what does family mean to you
1: great question sam the the older i get um and i could be wrong on this but i think family is who you choose right like some some family's chosen for you and i'm super thankful for my parents and my sister and my brothers uh, and my aunts and uncles and cousins, don't get me wrong, but like some of the people that I'm closest with are people that do not share the same last name as me. They may not have the same background as me. They may not have the same story or socioeconomic status or skin color as I do. But man, those dudes are my brothers, you know, and my wife's sisters and our kids, even though they're not our kids, you know, so. A common thing that unites us, whether it's faith or, or, or hoops or competing or, or just, you know, neighborhood. Um, I, I think family goes well beyond blood because I, I just, my, the closest people in my life are people that don't share the
2: same last name and, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Steve, I'm going to flip that question to you. What, is, what does family mean to you? You're on the road, you're working, you're trying to make a living during COVID. You're, you spend your time going and teaching and preaching and all of a sudden all of that's been canceled. And I heard somebody say, it may have been you when we were talking last, like, you know, preachers preach or teachers teach or writers write, singers sing. It's what they do. And it's been cool to see a hooper's hoop, right? Boomer, we talked about that. It's been cool to see you just teaching and preaching and going and trying to make it happen. How does that affect your family and and what, if any, balance uh, exists?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I I think what's amazing is I, I really, resonated a lot with what boom said about, you know, the older you get, you recognize, man, um, I might have the the same last name as a group of people. Um, but really as you get older, you recognize, gosh, like in Christ, uh, you're part of this, this like family, you know, of people who um, have experienced this kind of solidarity in the death and the burial and the resurrection. And so, you know, it's, it's amazing is, You know, when Boomer talks about how there's been some guys who might come for four years, but they're going to be, you know, brothers and family for 40 years. I think about the last 20 years, uh, the few guys who have been in my kind of life were the same guys that I was rocking with in college. And so as parents, I'm trying to kind of shape my kids to recognize, hey, let's fight for this nuclear family, but let's not let's not say that this is the only thing um, because you're going to need a constellation of mentors. You're going to need some other people, you know, like a David and Jonathan, you're going to need people who are going to be pushing you Um, and I'm going to give you everything I can give you. I'm going to try and give you the best experience, the best opportunity, the best coaching, the best faith training I can give to you. But I, 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 I I believe that, um, in God's family and God's economy, um, there is just resources upon resources, but we gotta go find it, you know? And, and again, um, some of that for the three of us has been on a basketball court or a football field. Um, some of it, the three of us have been in dorm rooms. And I know for the three of us, it's been in uh, a local church. And, and so I think that for me recognizing, gosh, like what's wild is, You know, when I lived in Chicago, I was working at a church and I would travel and I would, it was just time to like almost get revenge on our schedule and just have family time. Now I live in Phoenix. I don't have a ton of friends, but now I travel and I go speak. And every time I travel, I go and see one of my friends. And when I'm there, it's like this moment and chance for me to connect. But then when I'm home in Phoenix, it's just, time to be with family which is just so f- fantastic but my my perspective of family is is definitely broadening
2: yeah i love that And i think about even me when it comes to family and like what that means i recently watched a movie called mully from kenya was an orphan i'm not going to give away the whole movie but all in all uh, he has about nine kids of his own he ends up adopting hundreds of orphans and his kids even got to a point where they said, and I mean, they, you know, this dude was, ended up being super successful. So, um, you know, God provided the hundreds of hundreds of orphans. And, it's, and his kid has said, man, I felt like I was neglected. And that has always been a fear of mine. I love people. I love hanging out, I love spending time. And I know how I can tend to be. If I'm always going and doing and speaking or whatever... I I always feared, man, will I be leaving my family behind? Is that legitimized? Like, is that, should that be a legitimate fear? Obviously people talk about fear usually is not based in in facts or reality, but can can y'all talk me through that? What do you think, Boom? I mean, you've got
0: three young ones and, and what I see from, you know, social media world, they're three different personalities and you know, Acho, you've got a your three different personalities. My two are wildly different personalities. But what's how, how would you how would you answer that, Boom?
1: I'm gonna defer here to the oldest brother because I want to get your take on this first. I think this is a great question.
0: Here's here's what I think. I think every kid is wildly different, and every kid needs wildly different things. So my daughter, she wants to travel with me. She wants to go. Like she, she and I are wired up the exact same way. And so, I mean, I feel like her first word was mom. Her second word was when she is competitive and feisty and basically she runs our house. And then I've got my son who is just thoughtful and, and, and deep and kind of creative and um, sensitive and, uh, very similar to my wife. And there's some similarities with me and him in there and the sensitivity pieces and tenderness. But I'd say he doesn't want to go on adventures like and be around a ton of people. He just wants like one on one quality time. And I think it, what I've come to realize is um, I can't ever neglect my role because they might get an, you can have multiple mentors, you can really only have one father. So, I hope they have amazing coaches. I hope they have amazing teachers. I hope they have amazing mentors. I hope they have some incredible pastors in their life. They'll only have one father. So my job in that role is really, really important. Now, I also will say, like, I, I want to know them. I want to know, it, like, how I can, like, showcase love to them. And I also want them to understand, like, there's a pain and there's a privilege that comes from what, dad gets to do. So Mm -hmm. there are these moments that are painful, like I'm gone on a weekend, but there's also some privileges that come from that. And I want to kind of showcase that. What I love, Boom, about you and the way that you parent is Griff is on the court. And Griff actually thinks, how old is he? Is he five now? He's six. He's six years old. Griff actually thinks he can ball with like high schoolers and college age students And, and I've, you know, there's been moments where like you've needed one extra player and he's like, Oh, dad's going to choose me. And, and you don't choose him. And he's so mad at you because (laughs) why, why would you not choose me? I can play dad, but like you have invited him in. He's been able to see the culture, see the locker room. I think part of fathering, and being great parents, whether mother or father, is like is is that osmosis. It's more caught than taught. And bringing them in, um, and so the more that I can bring my daughter and my son in to kind of see, oh, this is what dad does. That's helpful to give them a background experience. To see when I'm praying, to see when I'm prepping for a message, to see what it's like to travel, see what it's like. But also not have them just be kind of my worker, but also go. What do they love to do? And how do I join their thing? So it's it's a little bit of both for me. Now, Boomer, how would you answer it? Or <laughs> Sam?
1: I love what you said about caught, not taught, right? In terms of imitation, and people watch what you do more than you say, but they're watching what you say too. So, you know, raise, raising kids and raising athletes, because um, coaching and, and pastoral leadership and shoot Sam, some of the younger guys in your locker room, like that all falls in the same category, you know? And so- I think it's really, really crucial to walk what you talk, and to make sure that your core values, what you're about um, as a dad, as a husband. Even though we're imperfect, are sound. You know, I, I always think about your story with Emerson, Steve, when you talk about did you have integrity today? Like that, that is inspiring because every single night, like that kid goes to bed thinking about that. And so, like you said, there's there's only one father, but unfortunately, in in society nowadays, that's becoming more rare and rare. And it's, it's awful. And that's why we want to break that cycle. If we can change one guy to be a faithful husband from a family that hasn't, then he just switched his entire family tree because now what his kids catch is that faithfulness. And now you have, you know, Sam, what you were talking about, where you have your actual family, but now you got more family and it's just, Bigger and bigger and deeper and deeper and the roots grow down deeper and that's what I love about it.
2: Yeah, for me, I think it's it's hard because I know sometimes I you talk about like what's caught and what's taught and osmosis and all those things and I get that, but it's so hard because you're not always aware of what you're sharing or what you're spreading. I've shared this story before when I uh, Caleb was born, I had just broken my leg, so I was coming off of an injury and I'd walk up and down steps, but I still had a little bit of a limp, so I'd use the, the arm rail and I didn't even notice it. To this day, like Caleb's five now, and he's just now saying, "Wow, he's just now not using the handrail." Because for years, the way he saw me walk was using the handrail. And so I think about these things: of man, how, what do I not even know the imperfections or insecurities or the injuries that I have in my own heart that I am imparting on my kids? I don't even know about. How do I address those? We talk about mentors, talking about venting, talking about counseling. Like for me, those are some of the biggest things that help me pass along the right things to my kids. I love, Steve, you mentioned as well, just how all the, every, everyone's different. I think about my daughter, she just really loves one-on-one time. She really loves, you know, saying, daddy, 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 just being with daddy. Um, Caleb loves playing the fight game. He loves being physical and pushing and, and all these different things. And they're just so different. And, and I think sometimes we forget, I forget to slow down enough to enjoy the, the people in my life for who they are Rather than what they can or cannot provide for me,
0: Sam, I think that's so good. I mean, I I think you know anyone who's listening. But I think it's 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 an okay thing to look at your family tree and go, I don't want to pass this down. Like it's it's okay. And really go, hey, here's some things I do want to pass down. Here's some here's some attributes I hope my son, my daughter, will actually embody. Here's some things that I, man may it may God give me the strength and the power to break that cycle. You know, and and my wife and I, we always joke, we always say, you know, we know we will be good parents when our kids go to counseling for different reasons than we go, because we'll, we'll know that like, we, we have basically, we're going to give them something to to work through. We just don't want it to be the same stuff that it's been the past generational sins that we continued to hand down. And so, um, I think for every one of us, we should look and be taken on this inventory and go, what do I want to pass down? And what do I not? And I love that, Sam, like, it requires that emotional hard work. And then sometimes that means going to counseling. Sometimes that means talking to mentors. Sometimes that means confessing and opening up. And, but that, that intentionality is not just a gift to you, but a gift
2: to those kids that are watching you. I got one question that I want to throw in and we didn't talk about this earlier, but Boom, I love your take, and even Steve as well. For anybody listening, it's sometimes we have this idea of um, finding who you are and what you care about, what you're passionate about, right? My book is about let, letting the world see you and, and how to be real when everyone else pretends. My question is this, how do you even know what your passions or desires are? And here's what I mean by that. Boomer, you love basketball. I mean, you are in the gym constantly. I've been to your house before. You got hoops everywhere. You got different sizes of basketballs everywhere. I mean, it's, uh, it's ingrained in you and your kids, even your wife. Like, you love basketball. How did you know that was something that you not only love, but were going to be good at and that you wanted to, to do, And number one? And then number two, for people who are still kind of searching and wondering, maybe they know, maybe they're kind of afraid to, to really take that step. Because coaching is hard. Traveling, think about how much you travel and recruiting. Like, what gave you the courage to do what you do? i think the how do you know
1: comes back to a couple things um we all have senses right and 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 to me you know i I journal a lot and and so you know I'm, i'm navigating my own quote unquote feelings and emotions and so what are the things that that keep you up at night in a good way and what are the things that you wake
2: up for going man i can't wait to be about this i can't wait to do this but what are those things for you? Like specifically, what are those for you? What, what keeps you up at night in a good way? What wakes you up? Well, you, I can't wait to wake up and do this. What is that? For a long time in
1: my life, it was basketball. Um, and that was kind of where I found my identity. And, and the older I got, and honestly, as more people pass me up, I realized I'm working harder than anybody I know, and they're all better than me. So maybe, maybe this ain't it for the rest of my life. But what wakes me up now is, is impact. I really do, I want to be the best husband I can be to my wife. Um, I want to celebrate, it's written on a wall, I'm looking at it right now, I want to celebrate 50 years of marriage with my wife, to my wife. You know, that's a, that's, a, that's a goal that's written down that I look at and pray over every day. I want to be a dad that like, as much as I love coaching and diving into lives and competing, and I want to be a dad that my kids, all three of my boys know, like, my dad is about my mom, he's about God. He's about my mom and then he's about us. And everything else falls behind that. So that's impact. And then again, I just I believe God puts people in our lives, right? And and we can't be lazy about it. You have to go search for it and you have to discernment. But um, and this kind of intersects with your question, is you'll know what you're passionate about if the five closest people in your life can you give them the the freedom to speak into that and say, hey, you're not too good at this, right here. <laughs> but maybe you're pretty good at this or maybe you're, you're gifted in this area. And, and for us, it's just been relationship. I got the nickname Boomer when I was two years old because I was a joyful dude and I boomed into the room and I've been that way my whole life. And I just, I love getting to know people and their stories and how can we do this thing together? So that's what wakes me up. That's why I decided to get into coaching because I thought, what better way to impact an 18 to 25 year old's life in the most impactful stage, in my opinion, of their development, because I can shoot a basketball pretty well, they'll listen to me. And that's stupid, but it's true. And then from there they realize, man, this guy really has my back and he really rocks with me. And, and so that's that's what drives me. That's my motivation. And it took a while to get to that level to really understand. And I'm
2: still figuring out. But um, for me, that's it. Steve, what about you? what What's your motivation? And what keeps you up at night? What wakes you up in the middle of the night? And how, how do you and did you find it? For me, I, you know, when, when
0: Boomer says that word impact, uh, and maybe it's, you know, being 5'11", not, not being the, the, the tallest or the strongest, uh, but I always felt like I had that the biggest heart of the team. I mean, I had to die for every loose ball. You know, I, I, I just uh, just feel like I had to be on the court. I think, like, when I think about my life, I go, where, where can I make the most kingdom impact? Where can I actually affect the most lives for good? And, and I think for, for how people deliver that, you know um, you heard it even in in what Boomer was saying a little bit of like a holy discontent, as some people have said before, you know, like what really makes, what do you see that's so broken in our world? And then you just go, I got to fix that. Sometimes it's out of um, people's stories and experiences and trauma. Marcus Buckingham, a great leadership consultant, he said, you got to look for the signs. And it was an acronym and S was success. And I was like instinctive. And G was like, when you do it, you grow. And N is when you do it, you, uh, you meet a great need in the world. And he goes, if you can, if you can have answers for those four, it's a sign that it's a call. If not, you don't have success in it. It's just a hobby. It's just a hobby. You know, you might love it, but it's just a hobby. And, and then I think lastly, like, I think God just gives each of us different gifts. And I think we've got to get curious. And I think when you have people, like Boomer said, in your life who can call out those gifts. Um, I had people who saw something in me that I didn't believe to be true about myself, but I, I trusted them. I trusted that they, that they saw something that I couldn't even see in myself that was a little bit of faith for me. It was going, gosh, you guys keep saying that I should be a a pastor. Okay. And, and I felt like the more I leaned into it, the more, you know, gosh, like I feel the thrill of God using me in this unique way. So, um, I, I think what's, what's that ache that you see in the world? Um, what are those signs that, that you're just listening to your own life and what it's saying to you? And then,
2: how do you have the courage to, to kind of trust those voices that, you, that God's put around you who are calling out the best in you? As I listen to some of the responses about, you talk about the signs and the impact and the want to do kingdom work for me, sometimes it's just, what, what do I enjoy doing? <laughs> like what is fun? Mm-hmm. And I think obviously in football, like football for me is a lot of fun. obviously I found success in it and was good at it, but I really enjoyed people talking about the process. Like I enjoyed, the practices, I enjoy the meetings, studying film, all that stuff I enjoy. But what I even enjoy more are people. I always said, yes, I love playing the NFL, but whenever I stop having that desire to get to know the people in my locker room, that's when I know my, my playing days will be over. And so it's just this idea of bringing people together. I've always had this affinity, number one, to bring people together, and then number two, about how do you know, and I'm, I'm not saying that I know, but it's something that I really enjoy, when I, a, when I was a young kid, I, and I told this person this not long ago, I was a young kid, and I used to always watch my little sister tell stories to my, – my big sister, excuse me – tell stories. We had friends come over for, you know, whatever, get-togethers. And the adults would be in one room, the kids would be in another room. And she was older than I – and then I, and she would always tell these stories that just caught everyone's attention. And they'd just be looking at her and the way she would pause and the oohs and the ahs. And I would just sit back. And I was a shy, chubby little kid. And I'm still in some ways a shy, chubby, when I'm a grown, a growner or a grown kid. But uh, I would just sit back and just be in awe of the way that she just captured a room. And for whatever reason, I wanted that. And so, just this idea of being able to, like, I love being able to like tell a good story. Like, that's why I love speaking, right? To be able to tell a story, to bring somebody along, and to share a message to get a point across. Something I really enjoy. And then this idea of bringing people together, I think something that I got from my dad. My dad loves throwing parties. And when I say party, it's not your typical, like, oh, let's go to a party. It's more just bringing people together and seeing the joy that happens when different people from different avenues come together. I just really take great joy in that. And obviously the impact piece is huge as well. But for me, those are areas that I've I've learned and I'm continuing to learn. Um, So I'd encourage even our listeners too, as you're listening and saying, man, how do 20-something, 30-something, I'm in this job and it's not fun or I want to do this, but I'm kind of scared. That's why I asked you the question, Boomer, like coaching's hard. How do you say, you know what, I'm going to go and be a coach or Steve, there's a pandemic, but I'm still going to go. And I'm still going to teach the word of God. Those are things that I think are really insightful and encouraging.
0: I think two things with that, Sam is one, you know, Boomer alluded to it with, you know, coming to the end of his like basketball career, you know, at Vanguard and just like getting to a point where like, okay, now I got to like redream it all up again. You know, you've talked about like, there's been times like where you're like, am I done with football now? And like, okay, what am I going to be doing next? You know, even as I stepped out of Willow, almost a mentor called me um, and said, Steve, redream it all up again. And I think part of that is asking yourself those questions of what do I really enjoy? what do i feel like helps bring some great impact that meets a great need like what do i like to do and i think you know even this podcast came out of that you know us just going man we we love talking sports we love talking culture we love talking faith we love talking and helping people with their families you know and okay it's not making us a ton of money it's not making us any money we just love to do it and just go that's fun to do that's fun to do so Acho, I, I want to end with, with Boomer, since he's a coach, basically telling our listeners what NBA player our games are most closely associated with. So I'd love for the coach to kind of say, when you think of Sam Acho, who would be that player? And when you think of Steve Carter in the NBA, it could be past or present, who would be that player? Um, but any NBA bubble, playoff observations that you guys want to make um, before we end with that greatest question of the day
2: i got one and people are going to be mad at me i think boomer you're probably going to be mad at me for this recently Draymond green got fined fifty thousand dollars for making one of the realest comments i've ever heard that devin booker needs to find his way out of phoenix (laughs) you're nodding your head right now no 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 why should devin booker stay in phoenix Please give me anybody, Steve, Boom, anybody listening, give me one good reason why this young FedOM should stay in Phoenix. Okay, listeners, real quick. Do you see what Sam Atchard just did? I feel
0: like he subconsciously just placed an NBA player in the boomer's mind to try and say, this is what my game is most (laughs) likely associated with. I am like Draymond Green. So let me just throw this question to you, Boom. So I just wanted to make that out. Like, I'm not saying that he is Draymond Green, but I feel like you might be subconsciously throwing that in there. Boomer, what would you say to that Sam's question? Because that's a good one.
1: Well, I'd like to say stay for the leadership, um, but that's been a struggle for the Suns for a hot minute. Um, But listen, there's something to be said about loyalty and there's something to be said about doing something. It ties in with the last question. I answered it indirectly, but directly, the things that I'm about, I love relationships. I love competing, and pretty much that's it. <laughs> <And> <laughs> when you love, when you love those things, they lead to, and then I want to make a difference. So that led to coaching. I love cats that want to do something that hasn't been done. Barkley got us close in '93. Watching the last dance was so painful. I remember exactly where I was when Pax hit that shot. Barkley cheated, and and over, we had to rotate because he went for a steal. I was pretty mad at him. Right, and then Nash's sons were so close. Robert Ory's nasty elbow, Boris Diaw and Amari coming "quote unquote" off the bench onto the court, 96 feet away from the action to get suspended. And Tim Duncan makes his only three pointer of the entire season. We were so close. If Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, they've made some great draft picks and signing with Cam Johnson and um, Ricky Rubio is a great leader. Doesn't get enough credit for that. We got a big time coach. It's there, right? Be loyal and, and go bring a championship to where they have it. Like, LeBron brings a championship to, to to L.A. And it's like, oh, well, Kobe brought like 419 of those, right? And Magic did that. And Kareem did that. It's like, yeah oh, that's cool. You bring a championship to Phoenix, bro, your legacy is cemented. So that's why you stay. And if you're a dog, if you're a real one, dude, then I can win here. I'll win in Timbuktu, bro. Come to Purdue Northwest. You never heard of Purdue Northwest? You will. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you really have confidence, you can do it anywhere. So stay in Phoenix, and you definitely ain't Draymond Green, bro.
2: Hey, talk that talk. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before I, hey, let me retract my talk that talk statement. Hey, I like, I like I like me some Draymond. Come on now. Ladies, you talk that talk. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing. The other piece is you got 7-0 and
0: in the bubble. And Book's been saying, hey, we got something to build on. I mean, you, you go undefeated, and you go, man, we've, we've played some games. I think that gives him a lot of confidence. I do think Draymond, though, is saying, and I think when you look at the NBA landscape, next year Toronto's going to be strong in the East, the Bucks are going to be strong in the East, and the Nets are going to be strong. If I'm someone in the West, I'm going to the East to play. That is, I mean, LeBron walks through to get to the finals every year. The West is so difficult. I mean – From the Clippers, the Lakers, the Mavs, the Nuggets are going to be strong. So, in some sense, I'm not mad at Draymond for saying it, but I think Booker should stay. But if he went to the
1: East, I would get it because I would get out of the West too. Nah. Competitors compete. They'll be back. That's what I love about Dame. Dame's like, what's Portland ever done? Nothing. Yeah. But watch this. (laughs) That dude's going to win a championship before he's done. No, he's not. He's not. Not Not in Portland lunch on steve carter 2029
0: i love dame i think he's amazing there's no way he gets to the west he's unbelievable not winning an nba championship without some profound levels of help think about the warriors next year the warriors are going to get a lottery pick with steph with clay like with draymond i mean
1: it's unbelievable Hang on. We have got to stop throwing. Draymond is a nice player, and he fits. Talk about fit. That dude fits the Golden State Warriors. We have got to stop throwing in with Steph, with Clay. We're talking about the greatest shooter in NBA history, and maybe the best two-way player, and probably the second or third best shooter in NBA history. And then we always throw Draymond in there. Come on, bro.
2: What do you, so you don't think Draymond – well, I need, I, need, I need a resolution on this. You put Draymond in there, Boomer wants him out. What do you think?
0: He's always connected. I mean, these guys all came together. They've won championships. That's been the nucleus. I mean, he's like barking at people. He and Barkley can't stand each other. I mean, he's part (laughs) of the Golden State brand, and and I think he does all the little things.
2: Boomer, can Golden State win without Draymond? Let's say you put Katie back on that team. Yes, absolutely. Steph?
1: Clay, KD, you could put Boomer Roberts, Sam Macho, and Steve Carter on there, and we're, in it. we're at least in the
2: Western Conference Finals. Come on now. I love that. Okay. I need to hear. So you said I'm not Draymond Green. Who am I then? Who, who do you – what player would you uh, – I need put some respect. What did, what did, what did, what did uh, Dame say? Put some, respect, put some respect on my name. <laughs> he was so mad. Ain't nobody asking him a question. He was just oh. – that's how, that's how locked in he was. he was.
1: He was responding to people who weren't saying anything. That's big time. Carter, you said past or present, right? Yeah, yeah, past or present. All right. I'm going with Sam Acho. To me, this is a super easy one. This man is Ben Wallace. Right?
2: Respect. Hey. Ben Wallace. Okay. Ben
1: Wallace, How many, I think he won three Defensive Player of the Year awards, won, won a championship, like great teammate, competed his tail off, didn't need to shoot it, impacted the game without shooting the rock, Tremendous ball reversal. Which as a coach, man, know your role and be awesome in it. I played with my boy Sam. We played ones. We played threes. He doesn't want to talk about threes because some old, old college coaches just tore up his bear squad. What, happened, what happened
2: when we play one on one? That's all we that's split, he, bro.
1: Two hundred and sixty pounds playing bully ball. <laughs> yeah, you're the man talking about. Our- <laughs> <laughs> <he> got ten <laughs> offensive rebounds and made the tenth one. He thinks he's a dude. Ben Wallace. Ben Damn. Wallace. So that's that's you. Easy call. And you can guard. And you give great effort. The way you play football is the way you play hoops.
0: I will Perfect. say this for anyone who's listening. One time when when the three of us were playing, we got done. And a few minutes later, uh, Boomer walks out, and he's got ice on his elbows. <laughs> and and the kid can shoot three-pointers. And, you know, and Sam Sam's got some ice on his knees. And there's all these, like, Chicago Bears players. And Boomer walks out just with, like, ice on his elbow. And I'm like, what? Talking to the Bears, man. Like, who are you? But he had he would already gone for like seven in a game
1: of eleven, so he he had, he had a little bit of prop. So, but ice bags, NFL guys, NBA guys know that taking care of your body is primary. So I'm I'm still in, anticipating a six to eight inch growth spurt, and I'm going to be Joe <laughs> Engel right there. So Joe Engel, <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, Carter, Carter's tough, man maybe not the first guy that comes in mind, but Carter is J.J. Barea. J.J. Um, Barea. Not a guy that you're looking at and you're like, dude, he's a baller. He was talking earlier. He's like, I'm 5'11". I'm not athletic. Steve Carter had 40 in a scholarship college basketball game. I think it was more than 40. But this fool can play. And so don't let the smooth, Jesus-loving, articulate gentleman fool you because he's a nasty competitor. J.J. Barea, He's unguardable in a ball screen because he shoots it. you got to go over it. And he makes reads. He's still on an NBA roster. He's big time in the locker room. He competes like crazy defensively, and he's not afraid of the moment. And my boy, Steve Carter, is just not afraid. There's no moment too big. He goes, yeah, I prepared for this. I'm ready to rock. Nobody outworks him. Nobody outcompetes him. And Every single player in the NBA wants to play with J.J. Rea. Every single person I've ever met who knows Steve Carter wants to be in that guy's inner circle. Steve Carter, JJ Berea.
0: Man, dude, we should have him on every week. Every week. Say, every, every week, week bro. <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 Forget this, Draymond. Like, hey, I like yeah, Dolis. Hey, uh, Acha, you, who's Boomer?
2: I think I said this, but he didn't like it. I, I said JJ Reddick, but I feel like that's kind of disrespectful. Also, because I feel like you've got better handles than than JJ, whereas I feel like JJ's a straight shooter, but you didn't like it when I we talked, we had this combo a while ago. You're like, no, nah, man, you know. These dudes don't miss. I'm like, bro, I've played against you. You also don't miss. So I like J.J. Reddick. He's a winner. He's been in the playoffs. I think this is his first year in his entire NBA career, plus college. He hasn't been to the playoffs, or obviously college, but NBA career. Yeah, I like J.J. I, I see J.J. Redick, just a sharpshooter. I would say like a Peja Stojakovic because he's a beast. <laughs> Peja. I love, I love Peja. On. I love me some Peja. Uh,
1: but yeah, I like J.J. Reddick. Those Kings team were a top five. NBA team to watch.
2: In Hands history. down. Jason good, Williams, Doug Christie, Chris Webb. I mean, Vlade. 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 Hito. A young yes. Turkaloo Turk- oh. Yeah, Hito Turkoglu was a...
1: Doug Christie and his wife not allowing him to go in the locker room without asking permission.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those are the teams, bro. Those are the teams. Steve, who would you say Boomer is? Chris Mullen. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lefty, bro. He's got
0: that lefty jump shot. Just like just like he always loves that baseline, J. That's where he wants. But um, you but know, I
2: feel like I just, Boomer's got better range. No, totally, totally. I
0: just, I just trying to figure out who's, who's like a lefty who's got. It's more just the lefty. But um, you know, the other thing about Boomer too is why I do you like the Reddick um, or like a Rip Hamilton? Is you're always moving. He's always coming off screens. Like you are just like you are constantly moving which is, like, so annoying when you're playing defense because you're like, you can't take your eye off where you are slipping and going. Uh, That's the only
2: reason y'all beat us. When we played the threes, y'all had run plays. Y'all been practicing for weeks in advance. For me and my friends who had just showed up, I got tired. I ain't gonna lie. But Listen, I will running say, I will... running
1: plays and making reads are two different things, and that sounds yeah. like a football player talking hoops. Come on, bro. Running plays.
0: <laughs> running plays. When, hey, one thing I will say, Say though, okay. I watched I watched the Jazz play the other night, and I still don't know how Joe Angle is in the league. Um, but I kid you not, dude, that guy gets his shot. He's he's you know he, again, he's like NBA veteran slow. That's kind of like you, boom. Like you're not going to get anybody off of a quick first step. But man, if you give him an inch and you give him a look, you're going to take it, and he'll make you pay. But Angle will always make the smart play. And I, I feel like you will always make the smart play. I also think, uh, I think he will be a great coach someday. I think it's like that kind of guy. A Kyle Corver too. I feel like you're a, a guy like Kyle Corver who would just like clutch, he, clutch, just gonna hit threes all day. You like you can't, you can't let that guy open. You know. So I don't know. That's you're a tough guy to nail down though.
1: That's because I'm none of the above. But I, I appreciate. I can't get any flavor to my game. Evidently. <laughs> 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 we're gonna leave that one alone
0: <laughs> hey the day you stop icing your elbows maybe you'll get some flavor bro. <laughs> that
2: that fair. Fair. Define uh,
0: flavor. <laughs> <laughs> who would you say this this would be really really good because this is a good self-awareness test and anybody listening you should you should think about this like sam who would be the player that you think you are or who do you think you are and then i'll tell you who i think i am
2: I would say Elton Brand for me, only because. But but Boomer's rolling his eyes right now because Elton Brand's post game was ridiculous. My senior year in high school, my post game <laughs> was ridiculous. And so for that reason, that reason alone. Like, and I'm serious. Like I was, you know, like the Ben Wallace is a pretty solid description. But I had a really good coach. That's why we, you brought up the example of man, where are you going to send your son if he's playing basketball. I had a really good coach who believed in me and who brought out the best of me to the point where it was like, now nah, give me that rock, give me that rock, and I was. You know, I was I was I was doing what I needed to do and help our team win. And so I would say Elton Brand, because I really thought he was smooth. I liked his game, you know. But I, I don't I don't like the Ben Wallace association all the way because I do would literally have two points and twenty rebounds. I mean, I'm gonna get at least eight or ten. I mean, and come a on. dub, bro. And a two <laughs> points, twenty rebound, and, a, and ring a ring on that finger. Yeah, facts. Facts. Sign me up. Boom. Who would you say you are?
1: Well, none of the above because I'm not any good. I'm probably like that ball boy that rebounds and like tells his friends like, "Yeah, I touched the same ball that JJ Redick touched today." <laughs> uh, but uh if I had to pick it's it's probably Angles just just cuz he's great with his angles. He can really shoot it. He's smart, he's tough, and he knows knows who he is. Um like he just he knows like, "Okay, I'm good at this and I'm not good at this," and he plays just strengths. I love guys who who understand that they don't try to be something that they're not. So he's 6'8", 235, and I'm six foot one eighty. So uh, we're we're a little different that way, but um, really love his game, love the way he competes, and also a big time teammate. I'd like to be known as that. Steve
2: Carter. That's
0: good. I would say uh, Delavanova, <laughs> like shouldn't be in the league, but he just wants to D everyone up, or um, or Patrick Beverly. I just – I love Bev. I just – I feel like those –
2: are, Those are two really good examples because you just brought me back to the time when we were playing, and you and I didn't really know each other then. That might have been, like, our, our second time hanging out. Yes. Just, yes. <laughs> I just <laughs> – yes. I just too feisty. I just remember, like, boom, having to pull me
0: aside and going, hey, these guys are my players. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Dude. I thought they were college basketball players. <laughs> and, and <laughs> but it's just like, hey, you're an example. You're trying to be an example for them. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to make
1: them better. <laughs> like, just- I think we were playing a bunch of divinity school guys who were trying to yeah. be faster. <laughs> and-, and Carter's out there just like putting the ball in their chest, playing 94 feet, which I love. But we're over here. I'm like, dude, that dude just read your book in his class and now he thinks you're a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Della, Vidalva, hey. Della Vidalva, when the Cavs made the finals, he oh. was a D. He had his moment. That was moment, not. Man. Yeah. That that's a great comp. Well,
0: Boomer, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Home Team Podcast. Uh I uh you got me fired up for what you are building at Purdue Northwest. And hey, where can where can people learn more about the Pride basketball program? Yeah, we got
1: a Twitter. We on the social media. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is at PNW basketball, um, I believe. And then mine is at Boomer Roberts it's been a pleasure fellas Um, in terms of two guys that use their gifts to make an impact on the kingdom. Like there's a lot of people doing it at a high level. I'm not sure there's anybody doing it um, with more authentic hearts than y'all. So just being the middle brother, man, I'm, I'm super proud to just just know you guys and and, and see the impact you're having from a long ways away and, and just know that you are. So keep it rolling. If you listen to this far, God bless you. Thank you for rolling. <laughs> I'm no Sam Ponder, but we, we had we had a lot of fun.
0: Man, well, Acho, you got any final thoughts?
2: <laughs> any final oh, thoughts? I'm rolling, man. This is hey, I'm just happy. I'm happy. Thank you, Boomer, for joining us. <laughs> he said I'm no Sam Ponder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you everybody for listening to another episode of the Home Team Podcast. We'll see you soon.
1: Thanks so much for
0: tuning in to the Home Team Podcast. You can reach out um, to to us uh, on Twitter at the Home Team Pod um, or on Instagram at Home Team underscore Pod. But more than anything, uh, we're just grateful that you're tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. And whether listening on Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher, uh, we're, we're, we're grateful. And if you can give us a review, that'd even mean more. Uh, and, and subscribe, that just mean the world. So um, again, if there's any ways that we can serve you, uh, please let us know. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Grace and peace. See you next week.